Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Deeper Daily Podcast. It's the 25th day of February. I'm your host, Paul. It's a Sunday, the Lord's Day, and I hope that you're with the people of God. Be in community today if you can. If life permits and allows, be with the people of God so that you can celebrate together the goodness of God. You can partake of the sacraments of the faith. You can partake of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. You can share in the journey of your faith and your life with your fellow believers. You're part of the body. You are part of the plural church. And so wherever that is and with whomever that is today, I pray favor and blessing. I pray that you have an encounter with the living God and that you see the beauty of Jesus. You swim in the goodness of God and his love and you experience his grace for your life and your family. Not a greater gift you can give to your wife, your husband, your children, your family, uh, than the you that's on the journey of the faith. That's the best version you can give. People talk a lot in this culture about being the best version of themselves. Okay, that's fine. I don't think there's a better version of yourself than the you that's on the journey of faith. Uh, That doesn't mean the other parts of you don't matter, that the other parts of you aren't relevant. But man, be on the journey of faith and experience it with the people of God. Check out the sermon we dropped today called Into the Wilderness. I'll not go behind the scenes. We did that yesterday, uh, but I think you will enjoy this look at Jesus, and that's what I've been doing is taking looks at Jesus. Next weekend, I'll give you a little quick preview. Uh, We're going to air something different. I'm not airing the normal uh, Sunday morning from the garden. Uh, I got a guest speaker at the garden this weekend. I'm there, but I have a guest, and I want to... um, but, but I'd want to give you something new. So next week, you can look for some of our stuff. We're going to go back into the archives and bring out um, some audio from our trip to Europe in 2023, something we haven't aired yet. I've got several of these, and so I'll give you a little heads up of that as we get into next weekend. All right, our text for today is Luke chapter 9, verse 56. This is Jesus' final response. He started the response. We, we, we aired that yesterday when in verse 55, he rebukes James and John after they ask if he should call down fire from heaven the way Elijah did. And he said, you don't know what manner of spirit you're of. And I, I talked to you about learning the manner of spirit. I hope you at least started the homework, and that is start to examine what spirit you're of. In all the situations of your life, what spirit am I of right now? Am I reacting? Am I responding? Do I wish these people harm? Do I wish them good? What spirit is that of? And when you notice it's not the spirit of God, that's where you rebuke that spirit. That's where you go back to the Father. Father, I want to reflect, I want to be a reflection of the divine on the earth. I don't want to reflect the society or the spirit of this age. And then here is if you need a good definition of what the Spirit of God does or doesn't do, verse 56 For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. The Son of Man is a reference to the old Daniel prophecy. We've used this before. Jesus likes to say this. He says this several times. When he calls himself Son of Man, two things are happening. One, it relates him as a human. It is part of his humanity to be Son of Man versus son of God. Uh, that doesn't mean they exist sep- or, or that they're not the same. He's not the same person. He is. He's all God and he's all man, of course. But it's more than that. It's actually a scriptural reference because in the, in the prophetic book of Daniel, the Old Testament, Daniel speaks of the one who 
of, of the one who is the Son of Man riding on the clouds, standing in front of the Ancient of Days and receiving a kingdom that has no end. So when Jesus positions himself as the Son of Man, they know what he's doing. He's calling himself the one who stands in front of the Ancient Days going to ride the clouds. This is why when you get into eschatological terms, you have Jesus riding clouds. And if you don't take that literal... Um, it's not that he's going to ride on a physical cloud, but that he is the one to whom the kingdom belongs. That's what that means. So, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them, is Jesus showing himself as the bringer of a new kingdom. And in the kingdom of God, that Son of Man doesn't kill. He's not a destroyer which is a direct contrast to the kingdoms of this world, where the conquerors in this world destroy men's lives. They steal, kill, and destroy. They take life out instead of putting life in. And if you'll notice, the systems of this world are good at draining life out of you. Yet another reason why I exhorted you at the beginning of the podcast today to be in community with fellow believers today where life can be put into you instead of life drained out of you. Well, part of the the role of the Son of Man is to reprogram our thinking away from the destruction of men's lives. So the Son of Man didn't come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So Jesus, as the bringer of a new kingdom, is telling us, because he calls himself Son of Man, The kingdom that is here is not a kingdom in which the king destroys his subjects. It's a kingdom in which he saves his subjects, in which he delivers his subjects, in which he brings them up above the surface of this fleshly kingdom into the clouds, into the stratosphere. He elevates men beyond the realm of the natural and into the realm of the supernatural. He... We rise to meet the Lord in the air. We rise to meet him in his space. That he's bringing it to us, but he's elevating us beyond the structures and the weights and the sins that does so easily beset us. He did not come to destroy. In the kingdoms of this earth, there's destruction. It's part of the kingdoms of this earth. It's why Jesus at Calvary, And there's a thousand reasons. There's 10,000 reasons for the cross. We don't want to try to limit it to one, but one of the things happening at the cross is that Jesus is stepping into the violence of man. He's taking that violent death into himself and he's reforming it. But it's the early church saw it as a ransom. It's Jesus being ransomed to what holds us. So it's a payment made to what holds us. And so the only way to, to, for that payment to happen is to step into our currency. And our currency is violence and death. And so he steps into it. He doesn't use it. He steps into it. He becomes the payment. He becomes the thing which violence attacks. And at Calvary, he takes it into himself. You could say he takes all of it and transforms it into this singular thing called the sin of the world. Takes it into himself 
and then offers us life. So the son of man, the bringer of the kingdom, doesn't come to be a destructive force. He comes to be a life-giving spirit. And in his life-giving spirit is our ongoing salvation, never-ending, constantly. And from there, they go on to another village. I've often wondered what this was like, walking down the road, because the next verse is going to tell you they journey on the road. What this is like when they've now been confronted with the revelation that they're dealing with someone unlike the world has ever seen. They thought Elijah was as good as it got. And, elite, and Jesus goes, the kingdom I'm bringing doesn't know anything about that. Spectacular. More tomorrow as we get into the cost of discipleship. Have a great day. God bless.